From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. And we are kicking some new flavor in your ears. Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29, Big Teddy sitting in for Ken LaVica. He's Stone Labanowitz right here, kicking it with me as well. And what a day. What a day in sports. We have the Kevin Durant drama. We have Roquan Smith requesting a trade. We've got Serena Williams, the GOAT herself, the icon, the queen, the standard. 23 grand slams, one of which should count for like three or four. She did it whilst pregnant. She's announcing her her big story out in vogue right now, and she's announcing her retirement is right around the corner. And I think that's where we want to start our number two here, man, because it it goes without saying that Serena Williams is one of those athletes that even today, for the next four or five decades, her name is going to continue to come up as just one of the trendsetters on and off the court, one of the people that are iconic that other athletes are going to be chasing just as she chased up the ladder in tennis with the Grand Slam titles over and over. And it's going to be one of those. It's, she's incomparable. And to know now that she's going the family route. And, again, let's pull a quote right here from the article that she released in Vogue that, again, Serena Williams, at 41 years old, alluding to the end of her career with the U.S. Open right around the corner. Let's pull another quote from this article because so much of this article in Vogue right now is heavy, uplifting, but also it was a great insight into not just Serena Williams' mind, but also the amount of sacrifice that she's given. Here goes a quote right here that mentions sacrifice. I think tennis, by comparison, has always felt like a sacrifice, though it's one I enjoyed making. When you're younger, you see your kids having fun and you want to do that stuff and you know that you have to be on the court hoping that one day it will all pay off. Serena Williams, again, talking about her journey with tennis and how she sees that light at the end of the tunnel. And and what she says right there, again, in, in the quote that she had out there in Toronto after she won her first match in 430 days, she mentioned specifically the word freedom. And Stone, we talked about how big of a word, how hefty of a word that is, and how much of that is really coming from the heart from, from Serena Williams, a person who has given so much to the game of tennis, has given so much to the culture in America and globally, and she knows what her impact is. She knows how meaningful it is every time she steps out there on the court or every time she sits down for an interview or every time she pops up in a Beyonce video. She knows what it means to be Serena Williams, and she loves giving that to the people, but Mm. she feels like she's on the doorstep of freedom to be able to kick it with the family, and that, that means something. I mean, it, it, it's super dope, and, and we talk about how open and honest she is, so we get to hear the actual words from her. Let me ask you, you're somebody who's covered Coco Golf. Does she even exist if Serena Williams Man, wasn't who she was? It, it, I think it, it's a valid question. It, it would be a great question to ask because so many young girls, specifically young black girls, after what Serena did, believed that they could step on the court and compete, believed that that's a world that they that they belong in. Yeah, and when you're talking about different sports and having the ability to do so, you know, depending on your income, right? That That's always been the conversation around Tiger Woods, right? So so African-Americans would not able to play. This is the narrative brought down by these old white folk, right? That freaking you can't play because it's too expensive to, to the cost, yeah. right? To buy yeah. the clubs, to, to have the memberships of all the, the country clubs, and you got to travel and all this and that. 
Serena Williams was, okay, I'm going I'm to pick up this stick. I'm going to pick up this wooden racket and, yeah. and, and, and for free. And that, they, they touched on it on King Richard. Empowered like, by her father, Richard. Empowered really. by her, who also wasn't a, wasn't a rich man. He was far from it. Yeah. And, and, and they would train. And, and some of the clips in the movies, which was depicted off of real stuff, they were in the rain. Yeah. Venus and Serena were just hitting tennis balls in the rain on a you know, tired court in Compton. Yeah. So it just, freedom, is, she, she, she almost did it naturally, but you almost had to think, did she do that on purpose? And if she did, kudos, but I think she means it. She's speaking from the yeah. heart. There's a quote in here with family that this was my best one. And when we, I forgot to mention it when we had brought up Tom Brady, but she said, believe me, I never wanted to have to choose between tennis and a family. I don't think it's fair. If I were a guy, I wouldn't be writing this mm. because I'd be out there playing and winning while my wife was doing the physical labor and expanding our family. Maybe I'd be more of a Tom Brady if I had that opportunity. Yeah. Straight, how- straight up, boom, mic drop. And a great great way that she alluded to that because she doesn't just mean a Tom Brady as in someone who goes out there and competes and, and does well, but also Tom Brady's able to be maniacal about his body and only care about working out and training and staying in tip top shape. And also it doesn't, you know, it helps a lot that the NFL protects quarterbacks so much. <laughs> uh, but when you're out here having children, and when you're out here, again, she talked about the postpartum d- depression that she dealt with after even being pregnant. So people look at pregnancy. And they're like, oh, that's just nine months of her life. No, when you're a woman, your body changes through pregnancy. There's postpartum depression. Mentally, you have to deal with those things as well. And for her, and in light for her whole career, it's funny because even in this article, she talks about how she can't even talk to her husband at times about thinking about hanging up the racket for good. she said it was a taboo topic. Yeah, and the only person she was able to share that with was her therapist. So, again, you've got to – Pump the brakes on everything. If you have not read the Vogue article that Serena mm. Williams put out this morning, you have got to read that thing word for word and just get more insight into who she is and why she's making this decision. But again, at 41 years old, Serena Williams telling us her career nearing the end. We already knew it was nearing the end, but now we're kind of feeling like it's going to happen maybe within the next month. And it's, it's, it's nice for her. I feel happy for her, but it's sad as a fan to know that, man, like, I've only known tennis with Serena Williams, and now that's so, coming to an end. Exactly right. So I think we take that angle, right? Like, man, this was awesome. And yes. I think another thing that we do bad as media is deciding if somebody is right or wrong in the decisions that they're making. And retirement is one of those topics that we're like, oh, come on, Barry Sanders. You know, what are you doing? You're man. fully healthy. You're leading the NFL in rushing. And what are you doing? You're not hurt. Or why are you retiring? And, you know, we go after him. Like, and and I, nothing's nobody's coming to my Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck, come on, man, you nerd! What are you yeah, doing? Calvin That's, Johnson. Yeah, Calvin Johnson. We yeah. could good. We can go down the list. Yeah, a lot and, of them. Sue Cravens recently in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess he wasn't on the level of these athletes, but he was a doesn't matter. First round pick doesn't matter. He's a millionaire professional athlete, yeah. and, and Ashley Barty was the women's number one on tour. She just won the Australian Open. She dominated it. She's twenty five years old, and yeah. she decided to hang up the racket. And right, a media attacked her. You know, what are you doing? We don't know these people's lives, right? right? And we're we're not there to speak on their morals and values. And I and I, that's why I have a tough time getting into conversations with about Kyrie Irving, about Aaron Rodgers, and 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 somebody like Ken Levicka, who's so historically outspoken, who knows every fact that there is, likes to go after Kyrie Irving. And I, as a young athlete, am like, whoa, man, like. We don't know what this guy does on a daily basis. We don't know where his head's at. You are one of them who's outspoken. He doesn't know where his head's at. Right. 
Right. Kyrie Irving. So, so when we called Kyler Murray, uh, you, yeah. uh, quote, a grown-ass man, yes. I pumped the brakes on that because I know he ain't a grown-ass man. I'm not a grown-ass <laughs> man. What he's had to do with some of these athletes, how they've come up. I don't man, think Kyler parents, Murray would like you saying he's not a grown-ass man. But yeah, you're right. He would tell me I'm a grown-ass man, and I would say, no, the hell you're not. It sounds like you're more critical of him than I am. No, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, <laughs> right, for the pettiness that he had. I think it's, it angers me that he did become the highest-paid quarterback, or, or at least oh, one, one of, of them the highest paid, yeah. in the NFL after being petty. But I don't fault him for being petty because he is a child, right? So, so when you're a professional athlete— Are you come, on Kyler Murray's side or not? It's a good question. It's a good <laughs> like, question. I, 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 I'm not, you're, like, I, dissing the hell out of him, but you're making it seem like I was the one against him. I like, still I, think he deserves to be punished for acting <laughs> petty, but at the same time, I understand why he was petty, right? Because he's not, like, developed he's up there child. yet. So, so I'll tell you this. For some of the athletes, especially the young ones that come up, and I'm one of them, right? I was always driven to practice. I was always bust to the tournament in Louisiana. My flight yeah. was always paid for when I went to a seven-on-seven tournament in Chicago. Just getting flewed out. Just getting flewed out. When, I would, when we would be at Southern Illinois, right, it's Division One football. I'm on scholarship. When I would show up to the airport and we were flying to North Dakota, they would hand you a box of food and a couple of Gatorades to go eat on the plane. When I was in my apartment, they say, hey, come, guys, come have dinner. And, right, we would just drive over to the facility for a gourmet five-meal you know, so, so dinner. You're so you're saying because you were so pampered, you're like that butterfly that somebody cut out of the cocoon instead of you having to fight your way out of it. Exactly. We've never had to fight our way out of anything. We don't have life experience as athletes. The only life experience you have is maybe someone trying to rob you in the street on a night out where you're yeah. spending thousands of dollars, right? Like, it's not like you, I mean, for the guys who have lost loved ones and have had to come from nothing, they're a different discussion because yeah. they literally had to do that themselves, right? Now they're paying, buying houses for their mother and their father. But, but you're saying like some of the quote-unquote adulting that other – grown-ass men of Kyler Murray's age uh, have to go through. He hasn't had to because of his pampered lifestyle because he's a, an NFL player and a superstar athlete. Yeah, exactly that. It's, okay. hey, Kyler Murray, show up to training camp. We're starting on August 2nd, and uh, just show up. Oh, okay, thanks. And he comes in with his PlayStation 5 and he, he in his suitcase, and he, <laughs> oh and, and he walks into the dorm room yeah. that, that they stay in, and right his schedule is thrown at him. It's pinned on the wall. Team meeting at 2, quarterback meeting at 3.30, dinner at 6.00. Bedtime, bed check at ten o'clock. Now I don't know if they're bed checking, you know, Tom Brady. So what about? That's all I about to say. So what about the athletes then? So I, doesn't that speak poorly on Kyler Murray, obviously, for not being able to still grow and and mature in that environment? But does that just speak even more lights to the athletes like the Serena Williams of the world? Who it does. again, again, you talk about pampered. I mean, I'm sure it was hard early on, but yes. once she became a tennis superstar. I'm sure there were a lot of things that she didn't have to uh, go out and do for her own. It was more so about – because at that point, you want them to be just focused on growing in the sport because that's how you become one of the greatest athletes. Sure. So it comes down to trust. And I think as somebody who was a former captain on a football team, I don't get involved in the conversations about having to do your homework, right? Yeah. Having to show up on time, make sure you're here then. I never have been told that, right? It's something that I've known. For people like Serena Williams and Tom Brady, they're not telling them the, the, the little things, the advice that you would tell, you know, a younger person. Even if they're at the age yeah. young. Yeah, yeah, that You know that that's something you don't have to tell them because they're mature enough or they understand and see the big picture. So it's different for a lot of these guys. So I always, you know, have – I need an extra second to think You're before I judge You're these somebody. guys because – and I understand that. I, I won't fight against that, but what I will say is Kyler Murray's still supposed to be a grown-ass man. <laughs> 
And he's still, he's still supposed to be able to handle his business, even if people are pampering him. But on the subject of pampering, uh, I'm feeling generous today. Are you feeling generous today, Stone? So generous. I'm the kind of guy, I'm, I'm a man of the people. I, I like to give the people what they deserve and what they're owed. And and for our, our gracious fans that tune in all the time here at Ken LeVick Alive, again, Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29, filling in for Ken LeVick, who's out kicking it, enjoying some pina coladas and tequila, I'm sure, and Stone Labanowitz here. We're feeling good. We're feeling generous. And there's a big act coming to town. Stone, this is a big one, man. This is a movie star. Uh, yeah, it is. This is a comedian, a guy that is is somebody that has been – they, they want him everywhere, and we've got him here in Palm Beach County. T.J. Miller performing at the Palm Beach Improv Comedy Club for two nights only. Shows at 7 p.m. and 9.45 p.m. this Friday and Saturday. A guy that's been in Office Party. You've seen him in the Deadpool movies, Transformer 4. T.J. Miller, one of the most sought-after comedians in the world, and he's been diligently working to make people laugh for more than a decade here. He's known for his observational stand-up. He's known to be a guy that Gets the crowd going, and the Palm Beach Improv Comedy Club, located right downtown in West Palm Beach, is actually going to be hosting him this weekend, Friday and Saturday. We're going to give away a couple tickets. Let's see how many tickets we're giving away. It doesn't say it on my show sheet, so we'll figure that out in the break. But I want you to call in 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Caller number four is going to get these tickets we're going to go to break. We're going to come back and talk some uh, We're going to talk some Serena Williams again and also Roquan Smith, where, maybe where he's going to be going in the NFL. Another star asking out of his team in, in light of the Kevin Durant news, in light of Kyrie Irving not wanting to be there. So many stars asking out of their teams, the newest Roquan Smith. We're going to talk some of that, but call in now, 888-760-3776. TJ Miller coming to the Palm Beach Improv Comedy Club, and we've got a pair of tickets to give away here for caller number four. Again, the number, 888-760-3776. Leave your information with Stone, and we will make sure to get those tickets to you so you can enjoy some great comedy. Uh, and Stone, on that note, we'll go to break. We'll yes, get sir. the callers in, and we'll talk some more Serena, the GOAT, and give her her flowers while she can still smell them and while she still is an active tennis player. She's still got some more matches to go to. I can only imagine how high the ticket prices will be for the U.S. Open. He's Stone Labanowitz. I'm Theo Dorsey. We're live here on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. You can get the Disney bundle and watch your favorite Hulu, Disney Plus, and ESPN Plus programming from blockbuster movies to live sports, hit shows, and classic favorites, the Disney Bundle has something for everyone, including me, Big Lion King guy. You already know for show, Lion King is right in there, and you can tap in with that movie. There's access to the award-winning 30 for 30 library, including the latest release of The Captain, highlighting the career of Derek Jeter. Those have been going. Stone, have you tapped in on The Captain a little bit? I have not. Yeah, those. Which is surprising probably for you to hear, yeah, but yeah. I've not yet. Because you consume all things sports media. If you haven't seen any of the captain, got to tap in on that. Unrivaled UFC access, including exclusive pay-per-views, Fight Nights, and Dana White's Contender Series. Live coverage of 35 PGA Tour events each year. Stream anytime, anywhere. Go to ESPNWestPalmBundle.com. Again, that's ESPNWestPalmBundle.com to learn more. Stone Labanowitz, 
So good to be here on a Tuesday afternoon with you. I'm Theo Dorsey, ESPN 106.3, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. You see that time I threw in the ESPN 106.3 thing because I feel like every time I'm here on radio, y'all try to treat me like I'm an outsider, like I'm the TV guy. I'm, I'm one of y'all. I'm you're a radio I mean, guy. You're most definitely a part of the Ken Livick Alive family. I yes. think I can speak for Ken, at least on that note. And yes. I, I did hear you know some of your feature on uh, Josh Cohen and the home team, which you do every Friday yeah. from 4 to 6. Yeah, they, and they called you a guest. They don't love me over there. They have no love for I, Teddy Dolo. Josh Cohen, I think at one point, ventured out to call you an adopted guest. Yes. Like adopted, you were an adopted baby. Well, he really went. It was a long title. It was like an adopted nephew's stepbrother <laughs> of the show. And, and honestly, most people would take offense to that. But you know what? Maybe it's okay because I already have a radio home and a family with Ken Levick alive. Mondays and Tuesdays, so I love it anyway. Yeah, you sleep on the couch there. We have a room for you. You got a room for me, king bed. Whoa, one thousand thread Whoa. sheets. It's no, a queen. no, no, it's a queen. Well, it looked California king is what <laughs> I'm going to need to be upgraded to after doing these three days for Ken Levick as he's relaxing back. I would love to be. I know he's probably sipping some Terramana. Uh, I don't know. Do you know what his tequila of choice is? I don't. It's a good question. I know he does enjoy Terramana. Though. Yeah, yeah. Little Don Julio. He, he's probably sipping right now, enjoying himself while we run his show into the ground, as he generally does. So we're just keeping that path going. Yeah, he likes to call it a catastrophe. Yeah, a catastrophe. Which I, I personally hate. I always tell him. But <laughs> you hate, he's like, I know you don't like that because you're a competitive guy. I, I am. Yes. I'm like, dude, you know what? Some of these numbers have tripled. Yes. You know, we're touching on topics that you know most people don't. We're calling these people loud. Creating catastrophe. Catastrophe. And he smiles and says, listen, you embrace that, okay? And I'm like, whatever. <laughs> his radio <laughs> life partner, Stone LeBanowitz. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Friday and, and Night Lights. He, he who runs this catastrophe. Yeah, the Whatever. catastrophe. I don't know. I don't, it's not going to be a catastrophe while we're here. How <laughs> no, about that? No, it's not. How about that? Uh, today, Tuesday, August 9th, not only a huge sports day because we had so many headlines, the Roquan Smith trade demand, the Kevin Durant standoff with the Brooklyn Nets, Serena Williams headlining everything by announcing her career is nearing the end. We might get a chance at, you know, uh, when she goes to the U.S. Open, technically she will be in the field, so which means she could get number 24, even though Stone keeps telling me no way, no how. Yeah, you get a halt on that. Let's not yeah. have that discussion yeah, because yeah, it no. may look us look, may, may make us look really stupid. Yeah, my bad. and I stole my no way, no how from Rob Parker, big dog. Uh, just had lunch with him out in Vegas. Who uh, We had some good, insightful conversations about this whole Brooklyn Nets drama before all of this came out uh, for the, the, the new wave of it. Um, so I, I wish I could allude to some of that, but some of that stuff he's told me I can't repeat. So... <laughs> You know, I'm like, look, dude, you, he gave me some nuggets, some nuggets. I'll tell you in the break, Stone. Please. Maybe, maybe that. Today's National Book Lovers Day. National Book Lovers Day. And for me personally, I know that this is the renaissance era for the Miami Hurricanes football program. Yeah, the rebirth. It's the rebirth. Mario Cristobal has not just the expectations um, through the roof right now for Miami football because we've seen that time and time again with all of the new hires with Mark Richt. We had some high expectations. We had high expectations with Manny Diaz. But we're already seeing fruits of the labor from Mario Cristobal with the recruiting classes, with the amount of alumnus coming back to practices. And what it really is is an allusion to what the old days really were like in Miami football. And with it being National Book Lovers Day, Stone, I wanted to give a book out there for all the Miami Hurricanes fans out here in Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast, like myself, like you, Stone Labanowitz. I wanted to give them a book to read before this college football season kicks off. Week zero is around the corner. 
literally around the corner. Oh, my goodness. Like, football season never gives you time to bre- – it, it just comes right back. There are college football games that matter and yeah. that will go on their record at the end of August. At the end of the August. end of this month. I believe FAU kicking off in week zero, too, like August 25th, 26th yep. or something like that. So, yeah, football corner right uh, – football season right on the corner of our doorstep, even though that phrase doesn't make sense. But – this is a book that I think all Canes fans should go check out right now. I just finished reading it. I've been meaning to read it for the past couple of years, but I got reinvigorated by Mario Cristobal and by this new regime that feels like this is going to be really it. The U really feels like it's going to be back and they're going to build a foundation that's sustainable. It's called Kane Mutiny, How the Miami Hurricanes Overturned the Football Establishment. And it's written by Bruce Feldman. Uh, he didn't pay me to tell you guys about this book. <laughs> I'll start with that. It's not one of those things. This book was just such a a reinvigorating thing for me as a Miami Hurricanes fan. It takes you from really the start of what the Miami Hurricanes football program was, and it goes all the way up through the 70s, through the 80s. We're talking Howard Schnellenberger, a guy who is, I mean, we're here in South Florida right now, a guy who is a legend, literally has a statue out there in Boca Raton outside of FAU Stadium. Yeah, name rings bells. It covers the Howard Schnellenberger era and what he did, the Butch Davis era. It covers all of that. And it even gets into the ugly eras of like more so Al Golden and – or not Al Golden. Larry Coker. Larry Coker and Al Golden. And it kind of reaches all the way up there. Randy Shannon talks about a lot of the Miami Hurricanes legends who played there and also a lot of the coaches who led these eras. And – I like how the chapter breaks it up between like each coach's era. And one of my favorite ones was Butch Davis's, obviously, because of the winning. And Howard Schnellenberger as well because of the optimism. But Stone, I know we talked about it. You hadn't checked this one out. I got it. I'll let you borrow it and check it out. Great read, especially ahead of this season where I'm expecting the Canes to get like a 10-win season at least. Yeah, no, I'm, for the I'm ACC. with you there. And I'm dialed in with these Miami Hurricanes, so I think it would be nice for me to kind of learn about those coaching eras because I would agree with you yeah. on, 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 you know, from face value that Butch Davis would probably be my favorite just because – The Jimmy he, Johnson chapter? Of, of, of course, yeah. but, you know, that was like my father had the chance to actually witness that, you know, in, 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 a, in, in a real state. Right, like that was right. Who, that was who was on TV every Saturday. So I think Butch Davis for me, because I was uh, alive and well when they were kicking, and his energy is kind of what I what I gravitate towards as a coach, like high-energy guy. Yes. He, yeah, I always, it's still in my memory, him with his, he would always wear the, the green or orange ties with the white button-up. Right. And he would just sweat right through it yeah. and not give a single damn. You know, with his headset on, yelling at guys. But so I reside in Butch Davis, and he was also at FIU not too long ago, and I oh, yeah. uh, was uh, recruited by him and, and stuff. So dang, but, but, I'm surprised you didn't get. I would I would have been through that door. Butch big dog me, okay. Oh, okay. Butch big. So, so thanks oh, for bringing that up. Oh, we did talk about. We did, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, we did. So we did talk about that. Appreciate that. That's real nice by you. But uh, <laughs> I, might, I might give the book a read because I am somebody who's going to be following the Miami Hurricanes. I had a chance to sit down with uh, Gabby Yerudia, who who's their 24/7 Canes guy. Yeah. And some of the recruiting things that he had to say were just astronomical. Like the five-star offensive linemen, they haven't done that in eight years. Yeah. They have more kids inside the top 247 than they had since 2008. Like things are turning around. Crystal Ball came in and the offensive line, there might not be one starter that there was on there last season with how camp is going right now. So a lot of good things happening for the Canes. It, it, it is. And also it kind of also, even when you're a Canes fan, again, we didn't live through some, like the 80s obviously. Mm-hmm. We both were 90s babies. So we didn't live through some of the heyday and it, it brought me to tears almost of joy 
that I now I, I now know I can thank the University of Georgia for something. And I'm not sure if you even knew this. I didn't know that this was a prerequisite to the Miami Hurricanes being able to win that 1983 national championship. But Georgia upset Texas in the Cotton Bowl in 83 before Miami's bowl game against Nebraska where they were 11-point underdogs. So Miami was going into a game in 83 against Nebraska where not only did they need to beat Nebraska and overcome an 11-point spread that had Miami as the underdogs, they needed Georgia to upset Texas in the Cotton Bowl. And Georgia did that 10-9, to which, again, warms my heart. I appreciate Ugh. the bull. I mean, it was, it was the 80s. It was the 80s. Ugh. As an offensive player. Ugh. And then Miami went and beat the doors off of yes, they did. Nebraska in 83. And that's what led to that championship. And that's what led really to the, again, the years, the decades of success in that run. So, again, Bruce Feldman's book, Kane Mutiny, How the Miami Hurricanes Overturned the Football Establishment. Here on National Book Day, Theo Dorsey giving you a recommendation there. And Stone, again, I'll let you borrow it for free. The rest of y'all. Got to go pay. And again, Bruce Feldman did not pay me for this, even though, no, he, he can't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't accept it because the book was just that damn good. <laughs> so also really good right now is the fact that we're able to, as NBA fans, as NFL fans, as college football and high school football fans, be in this, in this part of the year where it feels like the news cycle and all of the sports are churning at an all-time high. This is no longer the down period. We're, we're done with the days of the summer, the dog days of summer where the sun is beaming us outside and we've got nothing to talk about. So we're bringing up who's the, you know, who's the best quarterback in the AFC West and whatnot. Like, we finally have made it, man. We're, we're in the part of the sports calendar where everything is lit. Yeah, so, so I mean, as you know, most importantly, Theo, I'm, I'm super new in, into the industry, right? Not even a year in. And that is all that I heard. Yes. Was, oh, prepare yourself for the summer. Summer sucks. Pre- prepare yourself for the summer. You know, we're glad that our hosts have personalities, right? We're glad <laughs> that we're like really funny people. Like we'll be able to survive. But a lot of these boring shows, these nationally syndicated ones that, in my opinion, are a little boring. You know, when you get into some Gardner Minshew backing up Jalen Hurts uh. discussions, and it's you know what are the Eagles' expectations of the NFC East? Mind you, it's the worst division in football. Like who wants NFC to take least. thirty minutes of their drive headed to work or to the grocery store listening to Gardner Minshew and what happens if Jalen Hurts goes down? Well, I'll tell you, not me. Yeah. So I, I've just been hearing, and it's been blasted in me, you know, from a training perspective. Like prepare yourself for the summer. You need to find a way to take different angles on sports, right? Keep it fresh. Keep. And yeah, we've got that, that though. We, we we didn't even need any of that. We Sports didn't. have been churning and churning and Thank churning. You. Live golf kicked it off. Yes. Oh, and you know what? Speaking of that, I, you know what? Let's tease ahead to it, and we'll take a break, and we'll talk about the live golf because, whoo, the big bad live golf. Backed by the Saudi money, <laughs> the evil empire of golf. Remember, PGA Tour is trying to put them out to be this these evil characters. Going against the grain. The dark side. Well, Live Golf just scored the bell of the ball. And that may be, <laughs> this might be the beginning of the end for the PGA Tour. At least. Whoa. Hey, hey, hey now. Whoa. Hey, now. I'm going to mark that. Or at least, at least going to make some very swift changes oh, happen. Shake the room. Very soon. We'll talk about that and more after this break. He's Stone Labanowitz. I'm Theo Dorsey. We're live on ESPN 106.3. <laughs> From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. It is ultimatum season with Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets who are in a standoff right now. 
And in golf, ooh, we've got a standoff of our own cooking up between the PGA Tour and the Live Golf Series. Stone the bandwidth. I know this is this is your stuff right here, man. It is. This is what you live on and what the Live Golf Series is able to pull off here because reportedly, reportedly the Live Golf Series getting the world number two golfer Cam Smith <laughs> and Mark Leishman. Yeah. They're both likely headed to Live Golf Series. In a Golf Week article by Riley Hamill, it says, quote, Cameron Percy, an Australian golfer who just tied for eighth at the Wyndham Championship, did an interview with RSN Radio Australia and all but confirmed that Smith and fellow Aussie Mark Leishman are already gone. Are already Packing gone. Packing the bags. Taking the Saudi money. First of all, I don't know how close Percy is to Leishman and Smith, but you know what they call that in the streets? It's a snitch. Oof. So I don't know why the hell that guy felt the, the need to the best say stuff, that. Though, the best stuff always comes out when guys are back home overseas doing interviews. You know what I'm saying? Even with like, think about the NBA guys when they go overseas, even though I guess for for uh, Cameron Percy, I'm sure he probably actually lives out there, right? <laughs> I mean, most definitely yeah. he's an Aussie. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, uh, so, born and raised. But it's a little weird that it had to come out that way. And, and there's been a conspiracy or, or rumors that he's already leaving like it, it, months ago when it yeah, first yeah. came out. Personality, he matched live. Look, he matched live. Yeah. Like some of his words and how he does interviews, it matches live, or at least not matches live, but would explain or would make sense makes if, sense. if he flips sides. It just was one of those likely pairings that was already rumored. Now, for you, Stone Labanowitz, who follows golf through and through, who who watches on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, whatever day sure. that the golf is playing, you're gonna be glued to the television watching it. What does this actually mean? Because I hear world number two for Cam Smith, and I've seen he's recently been winning some some made some big time tournaments. Yeah. I don't want to say major. No, 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 majors major. too. Yeah, okay. Major too. So this he's that guy, fresh off of a major. So yeah, he's that guy. So what is, does this mean for for PGA Tour? Because again, it, it, they're losing guys by the dozen. It's a brand new discussion. Cam Smith leaving. Now we have to talk. Yeah, the PJ. PGA Tour has to sit down with Liv. It's about time. So number two in the world, he's the highest one to switch. Yeah. Mark Leishman's not even that high. He's 56. Yeah. So he's up there. They paid Cam Smith $100 million. The same price that they are paying guys like Brooks Capco and wow. stuff. It's a little lower, but that's because he's waited so long. If Cam was the first to switch, probably would have got a buck 75. Bag, probably yeah. would have got a buck 50. But because they don't need him as much, per se, they gave him $100 million, so he's fresh off of the 2022 Open Championship. Yes. He went to what, you know, Ken Levick and a lot of guys in, in the media deemed, you know, the, the mecca or the most luxurious major in golf, Cam, with a mullet and a mustache, yeah. went and dominated. Yeah. Like, just absolutely put on a show, a beautiful comeback performance. And he was asked after, on the podium, after winning the Open Championship about Liv, very, I think, maybe not the very first, but maybe the second question. Mm. And Cam was like, yo, I just won the British Open. I do not want to talk about this. My team handles that side of things. You know, yeah. that's something I'm not going to discuss. Boom. We brought it up the next day. Pack when, your bag. Whenever somebody says, I don't handle that side of things, my team does. Yeah. Okay, we got you, buddy. We got you. We know what's going on here. So I've been under the assumption that it was a matter of time for Cam, but it was probably a harder decision to make winning a major on the PGA Tour and with the FedEx Cup playoffs and, and their points meaning a lot towards the end of the season, I'd assume, and I have read that they'll let him play yeah. out the rest of the tournament scheduled on the PGA Tour for him. And in 2023, he'll pick up on the Live Tour, where I think there'll be 14 events. So 
So my answer to you about what it means, it means a whole hell of a lot. A whole new discussion is brought to the table with the highest-ranking guy flipping sides. And that, to me, I mean, we've seen these leagues that have monopolies try and have a competitor uprise. We've seen it with the NFL. We've seen it – I mean, the NFL has another one happening right now when we have the XFL and whatnot. We've seen it with the NBA – when they ended up merging with the ABA in the 70s. Yeah, currently it's going on with the WWE and AEW and wrestling. The WWE. So this isn't unprecedented, but the PGA Tour felt so untouchable for so long, and they've been so snobby, and they've turned their nose up at everybody, and they 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 purport themselves to be, again, like the end-all, be-all, the only show in town. And now, I mean, Live Golf Series, we already knew that they had guys. They had names. Yeah. Now they've got a guy who's one of the hottest on the tour as well with the names. I mean, at some point, w- w- the PGA Tour has to be shaken in their boots right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I do fear speaking passionately about this because we are two kids yeah. under the age of 30. Yeah. You know, and we don't understand the historic, you know, golf was being played before the 1900s. Yeah. So when people talk about the integrity of the game, I do kind of feel that. And I get nervous talking about it. But there's one thing that has made me say, you know what? I'm not afraid of this conversation. And once Liv started paying players and raising the that's purses. That's what matters. One, so listen, that's what matters. But the PGA Tour, their answer to yeah. Liv has been to raise the purses yeah. for winning events on the tour all season. So it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. If Liv wasn't around, you wouldn't have raised these purses. 100%. So when, when guys in the NBA and the NFL and the NHL or getting their bag, and guys like Roquan Smith and Tyreek Hill are like, whoa, 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 y'all pay Devontae that? I want that. Yeah. The NFL's like, mm, you got that, because that's how we work now. PGA Tour players are like, whoa, like Tiger Woods gets paid that. What about me, Scotty Scheffler, the 25-year-old ranked number one in the world? I want the bag. And they told him, no, 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 we're not raising the purse, right? You win, a, you win the Masters, it's 2.4. Yeah. Well, Liv Golf said, you can come win our, our, our bummy tournament in Oregon, and get a, a $4.2 million bag for coming in first. Get breaded. Get, just get breaded up. So, so guys are going, and now the PJ Tour is like, all right, fine. The John Deere Classic that nobody watches, now you get an $800,000 purse. When you win this next major, it's going to be worth $5 million. So they're raising the price, and it's like, come, like we live is like, really? You like, know what that's called? Capitalism, baby. It is. And that's, that's what this country's bred on. That's but, what it's about. It, PGA Tour thought that they had a monopoly. They thought they could control the purses of these tournaments. Yeah. And they thought golfers had nowhere else to go. And that's the problem with quote unquote monopolies. When you have nowhere else to go, when you have no leverage, there's nothing to talk about. <laughs> well, just... now the Live Golf Series have given us something to talk about. And they've got guys now like Cam Smith, the number two golfer in the world, leaving. It yeah. matters. And, and it's super interesting, right? Because the narrative around the live tournaments that are are are, are happening, you know, there's there haven't been many people viewing them, right? So I think they're foreign, right? To so the first three, there hadn't been a lot of people viewing them. The yeah. galleries weren't too big. Yeah. They went to New Jersey, and the place looked like a zoo. There were just thousands of people huddled around these players. Yeah. I think at one point on YouTube, I saw 220,000 people currently watching. And that made me think, okay, when I'm on ESPN Plus, right, and I'm watching the featured groups that are being shown to me, and it, it's it's Mark Leishman, and it's, it's – I'm talking about PGA players. Yeah, yeah, right? I could sure. go down the list. And I'm like, okay, I don't want to watch these guys, right? I only know one of the names on here. Yeah. So I'm not going to watch them quietly walk around the course. I have to think – the same is said from other people. So when I see 225,000 people watching and there's only four groups being presented on ESPN Plus, I gotta, I'm like, 
I bet there's not 225,000 people watching these guys golf. Doubt it. So You know what I mean? Doubt so I'm it. like, yo, we can't hate that much. Like, numbers talk, and theirs are on the rise, and they're doing a lot of the cool things. It's, it's, it's becoming weird because yeah. I think now it's time for Jay Monahan, the commissioner of the PGA Tour, to have a conversation with Greg Norman, the commissioner for oh, yeah. you know, the Saudi-backed league, the Live Tour. And that hasn't been said before because I think the fear was, all right, you'll never get any of our top ten players. You'll never get the guys who are going out and winning the majors right now besides like a Dustin Johnson and Bryson. And then all of a sudden, yeah. 24-year-old Cam Smith, the Aussie, came with a great personality, yes. said, you know what, how about you pay me $100 million? I'm still in form. I'm still going to kick ass, play really good golf, but I'm going to do it on my own terms now, and I don't want to play as much. as similar to what all these guys have said. It's player empowerment. It's not just happening in the NBA. It's not. Just, it's spread over to the NFL, and now it's happening with the PGA Tour golfers who are going off yeah. to live. But you need leverage to be able to be empowered, and that's what these guys are doing. Speaking of player empowerment, before we sign off here, Stone Labanowitz, I need your prediction with Kevin Durant. Again, at a standoff with the Brooklyn Nets brass yesterday it was reported Kevin Durant asked for the Brooklyn Nets owner, Joe Sy, to not only fire Sean Marks, the GM, but also fire Steve Nash, the head coach, and that's the only way he wants to stay. He also redemanded a trade. So Stone Labanowitz, I'm telling you right now, I'll make my prediction right here on the airwaves here on Ken LeVick Alive. Kevin Durant will be moved before the NBA season, but it won't be to the Miami Heat nor the Phoenix Suns, the two teams that he originally asked to be traded to. It'll be a surprise team. Similar to what we saw happen with Kawhi Leonard when he got shipped off to Toronto. Mm -hmm. So it'll be a surprise team, but I do believe Kevin Durant does get dealt, and they do not fire Steve Nash nor Sean Marks, just like Joe Side tweeted out. Stone Labanowitz, Kevin Durant, what happens with him, and does it happen before the NBA season tips off? Yeah, it. Oh, God, I, you didn't have to ask me the last part. <laughs> okay, let's just say yes. I'm going to say yes, it happens before the season tips off. I had a dream last night, and a guy uh -oh. in a hood, I couldn't see his face. He handed me a piece of paper, and it said, Bam Adebayo, oh. Tyler Hero, Don't do it. Duncan Robinson, and three picks. Don't do it. Ben Simmons gets shipped off to a third party, and we give you guys KD. And I was in a Eric Spolster shirt, and I said, yes, I accept. <laughs> get rid of Bam. Get rid of Tyler Hero. Get rid of Duncan. Give us KD. Pair him with Jimmy Butler. And God knows who else. Victor Oladipo, I'll take him however Lowry, we can get him. Kyle Lowry, I guess, stays in that deal. I guess he does. He's, on, he's got three years left in the contract. So, so uh, bring us KD. Get rid of whoever we have to. I'm sorry to say it. Sad day for the homies. They got to go. You are so incredibly wrong. Bam Adebayo <laughs> is going nowhere. There's no way that's going to happen. But it's here. We made our predictions. We'll see what happens. He's Stone Labanowitz. I'm Theo Dorsey. We're back again tomorrow. Goodbye.